you know, when guys get down, you know, you got just more opportunities. So, like, whatever situation, you know, coach got me in, I'm going to just take advantage of it. Just got to be aggressive. You know, my mindset has to change a little bit. You know, they're going to need me to score a little bit more. So, I'm just kind of doing that. But it's something that I'm capable of doing. So, it's not really like I feel like I'm trying to showcase something that they don't know I can do. You know, I love playing basketball, you know. Um, you know, that's what I love to do. That's what I've been doing, you know, for a majority of my life. So, anytime I'm, you know, have a opportunity to get to do that at the highest level. Um, you know, I love that. I'm ecstatic about it. So, uh, you know, fortunately, you know, I wish it could be under a different circumstance, but at the end of the day, you know, we have a job to do and, you know, I'm prepared to do that. This is Damian Lillard, and you're listening to The Briefcase with Casey Holdall. Greetings, Blizzard fans, and welcome to The Briefcase, episode 32 of The Briefcase. I'm your host, Casey Holdall. That was Nasir Little discussing the increased playing time that he and many of the younger players on the roster are getting with Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, and Yusuf Nurkic, all sitting out as the 2022-23 season winds to a close. You're going to see a lot of Nas, a lot of Shaden Sharp, a lot of Jabari Walker, a lot of Kevin Knox, and a lot of Keon Johnson, who you'll also hear from later on in the show, in the final two weeks of the season, which we will discuss on this edition of The Briefcase. Since it's Monday, let's go and look at the penultimate week of the NBA season for the Portland Trailblazers. Portland is now 32-42 overall and 17-20 at Moda Center this season after a 118-112 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder Sunday afternoon at Moda Center, though the record will likely be one game different when you listen considering the Trailblazers are hosting the Pelicans Monday night in the second game of a back-to-back. I'm recording this on Monday afternoon, by the way. Even though there is only a few weeks left, a very busy one for the Trailblazers this week as they host the Pelicans, as I just mentioned, Monday night in the second game of a back-to-back. Then they'll have Tuesday off before hosting the Kings in consecutive games on Wednesday and Friday, after which they'll leave on Saturday for a four-game road trip, their last of the season, that starts with a 12-30 Portland start, 2-30 Minneapolis start, versus the Timberwolves on Sunday. So if you count Sunday's loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder as well, the Blazers play five games over seven days in the second-to-last week of the season. And in the NBA, there's always something to play for, even if you're not actually playing for wins, because at 32-42, and the Blazers are currently 13th in the Western Conference standings with eight games to play, and one imagines that that is where they will stay for the remainder of the season, as they're currently three games behind the Jazz in 12th and already have more wins than either the Spurs nor the Rockets can get to, not that they're really trying, in the last two weeks of the season. So really, all that's left to be decided is where the Blazers finish in relation to a bunch of Eastern Conference teams, as I'll explain right now. With eight games to play, the Blazers are a half game worse than both the Pacers and the Wizards in the league standings. And just as a point of reference, when I'm talking about worse, I'm actually talking about record. I'm not talking about their chances of ending up with a higher pick. It just gets too confusing, so I'm just going to stick to actually talking about where teams are at in the standings. So to reiterate, the Blazers are currently a half game worse than the Pacers and the Wizards. By the way, the Pacers have won four of their last 10 games, while the Wizards and the Blazers have both just won twice in their last 10 games. And what's more, the Blazers are just a half game better than the Orlando Magic, who are 5-5 and in their last 10 games. So the Blazers can't catch, quote-unquote, the Hornets, the Spurs, the Rockets, or the Pistons in the race for the best possible 2023 NBA draft lottery odds, but realistically, they can end up as low as 26th and as high as 23rd. So winning a game or two here and there in their last few weeks likely won't make much of a difference, as some of the hardcore tank supporters would lead you to believe, though also, for some people, it's better safe than sorry. Also, for the record, the team with the fifth best lottery odds to get the number one pick has a 10.5% chance, while the team with the 
eighth best chance has a 6.7% chance of getting the number one pick. So basically you're talking about a little less than a four percentage point chance difference between finishing where the Orlando Magic are at right now and finishing where the Washington Wizards are right now. And the Blazers are right smack dab in the middle of that. So you're talking about a couple percentage points, but a couple percentage points might be the difference between getting the number one pick and getting the number six pick. So there's arguments on both sides. And speaking of both sides, the Blazers are 10th in offensive rating at 115.2 points scored per 100 possessions and are 27th in defensive rating at 117.5 points allowed per 100 possessions. You subtract one from the other and you get Portland's net rating, which at minus 2.1 ranks 24th in the NBA. As I mentioned last week and as continues to be true, these numbers have changed just a little bit but the rankings have basically remained the same. So you figure the Blazers are probably going to end somewhere between 10th and 12th in offensive rating this season and somewhere between 27th and 29th in defensive rating this season. As for the Trailblazers betting markets, which have kind of flipped a little bit as of late considering who the Blazers are playing, the teams they're playing, and the variance in terms of their margin of victory or really, to be more specific, their margin of loss lately – the Blazers are now 35, 38, and 1 versus the spread this season after covering in their loss to the Thunder. They were 10.5 point dogs and lost by 6. And failing to cover in their previous loss to the Bulls, they were 7.5 point dogs and lost by 28. As I've mentioned many times this season, the Blazers typically don't cover when they lose, and they typically do cover when they win. But now that they're in a situation where it's a little bit difficult to project who's going to be playing on a night-to-night basis, makes it a little harder to project what those lines are going to be on a night-to-night basis, the result of which is that you have a Blazers team now that while they might not be as talent-laden as they were before, they're also a team that's getting more points, and they're also playing hard. So, for instance, the game versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. 10.5 points is quite a few points to be giving a road team that is only a few wins better than the team they're playing. But since the assumption is that the Blazers aren't trying to win anymore, they have to set those lines high because they figure, hey, this game can get away, as it did in the loss to the Bulls, for instance. But... If you're going to have a team like Portland that's going to continue to play hard, and their young guys, I believe, are going to continue to play hard, versus teams around them in the standings, it seems to me like there's a pretty good opportunity there for the Blazers to cover in losses, which again is something they haven't done a whole lot of this season. So something to keep an eye on the last eight, seven games of the season. And a reminder, as always, that this is not advice. It is just observations. These are just the things that are happening within the Portland Trailblazers betting markets. I'm not telling you you should do one thing or the other. And even if I was, you shouldn't listen. And as I mentioned, the reason why some of those numbers are changing now in terms of the spread is because of the way the Blazers are playing out the last couple weeks of the season. The changes in the way that Chauncey Billups is running his rotation were soft launch in the second half of Portland's most recent win, and potentially their last win of the season, versus the Jazz in Salt Lake City last week. So what that entails is more minutes for Shaden Sharp, Trenton Watford, Ryan Archidiakono, and Kevin Knox, all of whom played in crunch time in that win versus the Jazz, and less time for Ant Simons, Yusuf Nurkic, Matisse Thibel, and Cam Reddish. But after that soft launch, the Blazers have gone full on into leaning into playing the rookies, sophomores, and the end of their bench in their last two games, both of which were losses. And while the team has noted that Lillard, Nurkic, Grant, and Simons are all day-to-day, it is very likely that those players will see the court sparingly, if at all, in the final eight games of the season. The outcome of four-fifths of the opening night starting lineup sitting out has been a significant uptick in minutes for everyone else. The biggest recipient has been Shaden Sharp, who is averaging 25.7 points on 52% shooting from the field, 48% shooting from three, and 75% shooting from the line, 6.0 rebounds, 2.7 assists, and 1.3 steals in 37.8 minutes in his last three games, all of which were starts. 
He set a new career high of 29 points first of the Thunder, while also doing an admirable job of guarding fellow Canadian Shea Gilgis-Alexander. But I take the most out of his 24-point, 9-rebound, 4-steal, 3-assist performance versus the Jazz, since it was in a game which he started alongside Damian Lillard in a contest that Portland was actually trying to give their best effort in order to win, which they did. While seeing Sharp play well is always a good thing, a lot of people have been clamoring to see more of Shaden Sharp, particularly maybe in the starting lineup this season. We haven't gotten a lot of that previously. We are getting some of that now. And seeing him have success in a win versus a good opponent while playing alongside Dame really shows something, though seeing him have success while being the leading scorer in that unit is not for nothing either. Basically, I think you're seeing the maturation of Shaden Sharp that I think a lot of us were hoping to see this season that you're now only getting to see as it winds down and as the games are just a little less competitive, which gives a guy like Shaden an opportunity to play through some mistakes. But if you're someone who's been curious, how quickly could Shaden become an NBA starter? I don't know that you're necessarily convinced at this point after seeing what he's done in starting the last three games, but I think there's no question that you feel a lot better about the prospect of perhaps Shaden could become a starter sooner rather than later, despite the fact that he is just 19 years old and did not play college ball. Obviously, playing at this time of the season with drastically reduced expectations is different than playing in the thick of a playoff season, but still, if you're a guy who's going out scoring more than 20 points a game on a great percentage and holding your own on the defensive end at 19 years old, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about that. But while Shaden's growth probably gets the lion's share of the interest in these last couple weeks of the season, at least in reference to what the Trailblazers are doing, there's a lot of guys on this roster who are likely to see a lot more minutes than they have seen previously this season, or even last season, who also have a chance to make some progress. You got Jabari Walker, who's going to see his minutes tick up. He's talked to me a little bit about playing some more center at this point in the season. And the fact that Trenton Watford has that ankle injury that might keep him out for a couple games. I wouldn't be surprised if you did see Jabari play more and more center going forward. I actually also wouldn't be surprised if he started versus the Pelicans on Monday night. You got Nas Little, who had a great game, 28 points in the loss to the Thunder really looked aggressive, really looked for a shot, really looked to get to the rim. I think that's something that we're going to see from Nas in these last couple games. Nas, a guy who just didn't have the season. I think a lot of us, including Nas, were hoping to stunt it a little bit by that offseason surgery, never really seemed to kind of find his rhythm, find his spot consistently in the rotation. Now he's got the end of the season here to work on some of those things, work on some of that timing, get that confidence up, and have some success going into the offseason, which I think is going to be a really big offseason for Nas. He's under contract for the next four seasons, very team-friendly contract. Nas is a low-key, important part to this team's growth. If they're going to make some strides in this offseason, they're going to probably have to make some deals, and they're probably going to have to get guys like Nasir Little to perform better this season than they have at any point in time in his career. I think Nas is ready for that jump. Now is such a chance to see if he can make it. Having some success, again, in this last part of the season, I think would go a little ways towards giving him some confidence about next season. And then you have a guy in Keon Johnson who also heard a lot about him in training camp, heard a lot about him in the run-up to the season, a lot of expectations, a lot of hope for Keon Johnson going into this year, just did not really turn out for whatever reason, couldn't find a role, couldn't find playing time. When they needed secondary ball handlers, they kind of went other directions there because Keon is still kind of learning how to be an NBA point guard. Chauncey had even said after the game versus the Thunder that, you know, Keon at this point in his career is not a point guard. He's a scoring two guard who can handle the ball a little bit. And Keon, if he's going to be successful in this league, is probably going to be at the point. So that's an area of growth for Keon as well that I think that he can make 
In these last eight games of the season, Keon played 21 minutes, had 14 points and five assists in the loss to the Thunder. I would imagine that Keon is going to see more and more minutes as the season starts to wind down. Ryan Archidiakono has been getting the start, and I wouldn't be surprised if he continued to start, though I also wouldn't be surprised if at some point in time, maybe they throw some of those minutes to Keon. Archie Diakono played 27 minutes versus the Thunder. Keon Johnson played 21 minutes. I imagine that's probably going to even out in these last seven to eight games, but we will see. And before we wrap up this edition, let's go ahead and hear from Keon Johnson, who has averaged 4.3 points on 37% shooting from the field and 34% shooting from three, 1.4 assists, and 1.1 rebounds in 9.9 minutes per game, albeit in just 39 appearances this season. Keon discusses his up and down season, what he hopes to get out of these last few weeks, what he's done well and what he's not done so well in the second season, and using his athletic advantage at the point guard position. Let's go and hear what Keon had to say. Keon, so first off, how would uh, how would you describe your season thus far? Uh, really, just a roller roller coaster, roller coaster ride. I mean, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, um, but really just really staying humble and staying hungry throughout the process. You know, um, I mean, everything good comes with time, so I just feel I've been saying from the beginning that when my time comes, I'll be ready, and so now's that time, and I feel like I'm becoming more and more ready each time I step on the court. Do you have any any thoughts about why it's been kind of an up and down season for you? Um, really just, I mean, our whole team has been up and down. So, like, I mean, I really can't pinpoint one, one thing. But, I mean, there's been areas where I know I've had to improve on and really learn from. And I feel like this year being the time that we've had as a whole unit, it, it gave me time to actually figure those things out and really continue to keep getting better at them down the road and, with these games coming up, being able to showcase what I've been sitting back just working on, I just feel like these games are they're really important for me just because, I mean, I haven't played a lot, but I mean, there's it's a lot of, lot of room for growth in these, in these type of moments during the season. You, you talk about kind of staying humble and, and because, you know, going into the season, you were a guy who almost everyone talked about, like, Keon's look great and runs. Keon's look great in training camp. And just haven't seemed like that's translated to the minutes. So how have you been able to stay humble and and not let that get too frustrating for you? I mean, my just throughout my whole basketball career, nothing has been handed to me or given to me. So I, with any type of situation like this, I know that time will prevail. And with me being consistent with my work and continue to get up every day and do what I do, I mean, this... This is what I love to do. So at the end of the day, this is all I got. So, I mean, just really staying focused just on each day and just trying to get better. You know? what, what are some of the things you feel like you've done real well this season from a skills perspective? Um, really starting to understand the point guard position um, just because during the summer I really didn't play. Well, and even in training camp, I really didn't play a lot of point guard. And so just... This quick transition that we had as a team, how things changed. I'm learning a new position. And so, I mean, it's just, I feel like it's an opportunity for me in and of itself, which, I mean, I'm always down to learn and I'm eager to learn. And so, I mean, it's, it's a part of the process. So, so if, if that's something you feel like you, you have done better lately, what's maybe a, a thing or two that you still feel like you, you need to make some progress on and maybe you'd like to make some progress on in these last games? I feel like being more present on defense like just showcasing my my athleticism on the defensive end for like there's spurts wherever I, I i show what i'm capable of doing but i i'm big on consistency and doing it all the time so 
tonight's game uh, versus the Thunder, uh, 14 points for you, five assists. How do you feel like uh, you played tonight, particularly in terms of, of some of those point guard skills? Um, I, f- I feel like I've done a, a better job from the last game of keeping my, my unit organized on the offensive end and just communicating on both ends, relaying our cause, relaying our defense to everybody. And I, I feel like as a point guard, you've got to be vocal to everybody, whether it's the coaches and the players on the court. And so I just feel like just each and every every time I step on the court, I'm getting more and more comfortable just communicating with everybody on the court. Because it also seemed, too, watching you tonight, that it seems like you're you're doing a better job of using your speed and athleticism to kind of make plays. And, you know, Chauncey had mentioned in the post game that he was like, you know, I'm kind of on Keon because he's so fast and he's so athletic, and then I want him to use that more. How do you feel like that part of your game has come along? Because it seems like you have some gifts that, that allow you to have some success that a lot of guys don't have. Really just understanding the change of change of pace, change of speed of, of the game. Um, growing up, you're taught one thing, and that's go, 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 where, I mean, you get to a new level, and it's, okay, you can go, but you can also slow down. And they can use it against you if you try to go, go. Right, and so just really understanding when and when not to, just to use my athleticism, or I wouldn't say use my athleticism, but just knowing when and when not to get to, to my spots. And I just feel like I, as a point guard, there's times where you got to, showcase what you can do just scoring the ball or get others involved but it's also a time where like you gotta keep your unit just focused on on what we're trying to do and what we're trying to trying to accomplish and a lot of that is just time for like the more reps i get the more comfortable i'll be how how helpful is it or, or what are some of the benefits in having some speed and some ability to finish at the rim in terms of playmaking for other guys well, from a defensive standpoint, it keeps you on your toes just because you never know what the ball handler is going to do. And I just feel like once you're able to get into someone's paint or really open up someone's defense, it really keeps them on their toes throughout the whole game, knowing that we've got to keep switching it up. And so as the as the season gets keeps going, as time keeps going, I just feel like I'll just start to understand different rotations in different spots. Um, even like with uh, our team, there'll be times where maybe we don't get a good shot and you'll come back down and not get another shot. But as a point guard, you got to understand when is when is a good time to keep everybody organized and when is a good time to just let guys rock, let guys play. Absolutely. And so in these last eight games, obviously I think people kind of see you guys sitting down and, and maybe – from an outside, the expectations are, are one thing. But from your perspective, kind of, what, what's your expectations for these last couple weeks? I'm trying to win. Yeah. I mean, you don't step on the court to lose. So every time I step on the court, I'm trying to win. And I feel like tonight was we showed we we can win. Yeah. We can keep it close. So I mean, that's we're still new. We're still fresh, just learning each other. And so I feel like tonight was a, a good night. It brought brought everyone closer and just. We've, I felt like we were playing for each other. Yeah. And maybe just a little bit of confidence, too, knowing that, like, hey, like, we're who we got out here, and, and we can play. Right. And that just, like, it, it translates on the offensive end and also on the defensive end. Just guys are engaged throughout the whole game. I mean, and the score showed, but, we, I mean, we obviously fell a little short, but from where we our unit has been this whole whole year, whole, it's just, I mean, it's... It's bad. It's a bad feeling to lose, but you also know that you've done something right. So, and you always room to improve. So.
So there you go. Keon Johnson still trying to make his way in the NBA, wishing nothing but success for Keon. Portland could obviously use some additional handlers in the backcourt. That was one of the biggest issues this season is when Justice Winslow went down, that left them deficient on ball handlers in the second unit. And that got even worse when Anthony Simons went down. So to have a guy in Keon Johnson who could be that third guard would really go a long way towards helping this team. We'll see if he's able to make some progress this summer and at the end of this season. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Briefcase. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll be back later on this week. If you haven't done so yet, please like and subscribe to The Briefcase wherever you get your podcasts. And if you haven't done so already as well, don't forget to do the same thing for The Blazers Balcony with Brooke Olsendam. New episodes every week of The Balcony, talking about where the Blazers are at now, how they're going to finish out the season. And if you're interested in Vanderpump Rules, we will have Brooke's weekly Vanderpump Rules update. Impress your friends by your Vanderpump Rules knowledge. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Casey Holdall. You have been listening to The Briefcase. We'll talk to you later this week. Go Blazers.